All right. Well, tonight, um, I have the privilege of just sharing with you a message, and what I'm going to talk about is peace. And um, it's funny because uh, if you go on, and I had, Brother Todd had, had alluded to it this past Sunday, but if you drive on Ambassador Caffey, if you drive on, especially Verot School Road, if you live anywhere around Verot School Road, we're going to pray with you right now. You know, the altar will be up here, you know, we'll, we'll anoint you with all, you know. <laughs> and so, but it's just, it, uh, sometimes the seasons, they can bring joys, but man, they can also bring stresses as well. Uh, they can bring joys and reflecting on what you do have but they can also bring pains of what you no longer have. And I say that with tremendous grace, not to invoke or stir up anything disrespectfully if you've lost a loved one, you know, but we spend a lot of time, money, and energy to obtain peace. There are whole businesses that are devoted to, you know, massages and and pedicures and, and creating atmospheres so that you can relax and, and just have a moment of peace because it's a precious thing. Peace can determine your quality of life, also can determine how productive you are throughout your day. You know, have you ever had a day and you look and as you're going, you look and, and you know you were in the day because you woke up and it was not morning and then you go to sleep and it was night, but it's like nothing, you felt like nothing got accomplished, but yet your mind was so heavy and weighed down, but it was, it just took all of your peace. Am I the only one that that has happened to? Y'all can pray for me, please. You know, but I find myself, I was telling a lady, um, this past week is that, um, uh, I never have bad dreams. I, that's just, I just don't have that. And, uh, I woke up a couple weeks, not even a couple weeks ago. Let's see, today's Wednesday. It was Sunday. It was probably Thursday. It was around that time. So it would have been last week. And man, I had a horrible dream. And it disturbed me so much. It, it I mean, I like my sleep. So it, it, I messed up my sleep and I just, I could not. Uh, I was trying to think, okay, why did this dream come? What is it that's robbing me of my peace? And the Holy Spirit said, well, that was the enemy trying to attack you because he knows that you were going to, he knew that you were going to give this message on peace. And it never fails that any time that God begins to do something great and mighty in your life, he wants to rob from you your peace. Because you have to have, you have to have clear thought to be able to come up with a plan. You have to have energy to be able to execute that plan. And peace, if you do not have peace, it will zap your perspective. It will zap your energy. It will zap your joy for living, period. And the enemy knows that. You know, we know in the word where it says, God, I have a plan and a purpose for you. God, the enemy knows that God has a plan and a purpose for us. And so if he can try to attack us by robbing us of our peace, he thinks he has succeeded. But tonight we're going to talk about how we can reflect and how we can dwell and how we can uh, think and, uh, and receive all that God's peace has for us. You know, God knows what we are facing and what we are walking through. And he will carry us in what he knows if we received a bad health report from the doctor. He knows if, if there's, if there's bills to pay, but yet there's no money in the bank. He knows when there's conflicts and tensions in relationships. He knows all of these areas that are lives that can drain us of our peace. But yet he's still on the throne and he's still with us. He's still with us. John 14, 26 through 27, it says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Jesus is saying, peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. It's important, not that the world gives. In other words, God's peace is eternal. It's not fickle. God's peace is not measured by if we're nice to somebody else. (laughs) I'm nice to them, so they're going to be nice to me back, you know. God's peace is stable and steady and unrelenting. And no matter what circumstance, no matter what tragedy, no matter what conflict, no matter what obstacle we're going through, his peace is still there. His peace is still there. You know, today during the Christmas time, you know, we'll see nativity scenes and, and you'll hear the word unto us, a child is born. I like this statement. Um, but that's the human side. But then you have the divine side of the story of Jesus. And that is unto us, a son is given. Why Dixie? Okay. Why is that so important? Well, I'm so glad you asked. If you ask somebody, why, why is that so important that unto a son is getting, y'all set me up for my point. This is why Isaiah nine, six through seven. For a child will be born to us, Jesus. A son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of his peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Why is this so important? The season of Christmas and New Year's will pass, but our stresses, our struggles, our conflicts, they can still stay sometimes. But God sent Jesus the Prince of Peace, who is and will always be there for us. He is our eternal peace. That no matter what season we are going through, no matter what tomorrow looks like, no matter what we face, the Prince of Peace is still there. And as his children, we have access to that. Not only do we have access to receive that, but his peace, if you've received him as your Lord, it dwells within your spirit, man dwells within your spirit, man. You know, um, in the Hebrew, there's a Hebrew word and it's called shalom. Any of you have ever heard it? I'm sure you had heard it, you know. Um, and it's more than just, you know, peace. It, it, it has a greater meaning uh, than that. And I'm going to read, the root words are to be safe in the mind and body, to be whole, to be completed, to be an extension of friendliness, to respond in kind by doing good, to restore and to finish. It's like, wow, man, that's just, um, it's not just someone saying, hey, have a great day. But that is a greeting. Not only is that a greeting, but it's also a farewell in, in, in Hebrew in that it's, I want, I want things to be done well. I want your life to be made whole. You know, I want the best to come from your life. That is God's heart for you and I. That is his heart for you and I. You know, in Noah Webster, the 1828 dictionary, it says a description of a definition of peace. And this is really cool. It says freedom from agitation, freedom from disturbance. I just love that. That should just be on a plaque somewhere. 
a state of reconciliation between parties, free from the fear of mind and anger, the quietness of the mind and the conscious. See, I've never heard peace described that way. Freedom from agitation. See, that's what Jesus brought for us on the cross when he sent the Prince of Peace. You know, um, I encourage you during January, Pastor Todd is starting a series called Live Free. And if you want to learn of a greater measure to not only live free, but to have peace as you are living, I encourage you to come out uh, and take part in that series. You're, you're, you're going to be blessed. If you'll turn in your Bible to Luke 1, 26 through 38, and this is going to be our text uh, for this evening. Luke 1, 26 through 38. I'm sure many of you, you've heard this story, but I would like for you to look at it from the perspective of not only uh, not only Mary, but of all parties involved, from Gabriel to Joseph to Mary to all parties that are happening as as we uh, as we unfold this story, and and as we're talking about peace. But I'm going to go ahead and read it, and then we're gonna we're gonna kind of just break it apart. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Descendant of King David. Sorry, guys, I will not get glasses. That's not in my notes, but I'm just saying. Okay, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. Come on, look to somebody next to you and say, his kingdom will never end. Now I'm going to continue. Mary asked, Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Now this next, I want you to listen to, um, Gabriel wasn't being sassy, but I think he was bragging on God by how he was responding to this. This is, he says, what's more, your relative, Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. He's just kind of bragging on God. He says, look, I know you're going to come to, I know you're going to have conflicts. I know you're going to have struggles. But really, nothing is impossible with God. Okay? Mary responded. This is her response. She just got visited, divine appointment by Gabriel, and what he is saying to her is naturally impossible. Have you ever had somebody say something to you and you were just like, "Mm, no, that's not going to happen. You know? But listen to her response. says, I am the Lord's servant. And I am willing to accept whatever he wants. I'm willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And the angel left. So what are some lessons that we can learn from this? Here's three steps to peace. 
I'm sure that there are many more, but we're just going to kind of focus on these. One, accept God's plan. Accept God's plan. And what I mean by that is God's plan is he gave us Jesus. You say, well, yeah, Dixie, of course. Peace begins with relationship with Jesus. No matter where you are in your walk, in your spiritual journey, if it's one that you haven't discovered yet, if it's one that you've been walking with for two years, or if it's one that you've been walking with for 20 minutes or over 20 years, our peace begins with our relationship with Jesus because he is our life. He is the source. He is the prince of peace. Okay? Philippians 4, 1, excuse me, 4, 6 through 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Help us, Lord. Instead, pray about everything. Now listen to this. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What he is saying here, this is a picture for us to have peace and our struggles, and our conflicts, and our frustrations, if things that we do not understand, in order for us to have peace, we have to establish and grow our relationship with Jesus Christ. How do we do that? What does that look like? You go into his presence. You talk to him. This is what he says. Tell God what you need. God is a relational God. He created our bodies, our brains to, to think and to process and our mouths to see. He created us that way. So therefore, that's how he wants us to commune and fellowship with him. That's one thing that's so beautiful about God. He is relational. You're not going to trust somebody that you do not know their heart, do not understand how they're wired, that you do not have the access to sit and to talk with them and share your concerns and your frustrations. You can forget it. God knows that. That's why he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, burdened down, and I will give you rest. Come to me. It starts with our relationship with him. And I'm going to tell you something. That's one thing that the enemy will even try to attack your relationship. The enemy will try to twist. Like, you know what? You've known God for so long that you should not be dealing with this. You must not be a mature Christian. Isn't that such like the enemy? Man, some of the patriarchs in the Bible. I'm pretty sure that Daniel in the lion's den, he needed Jesus. I'm pretty sure when Moses was crossing uh, the children of Israel and the army was coming by, I'm sure he needed the help of Jesus. Jesus is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And the same conflicts, the same battles that you and I face, we need him. We, we can't make it complicated. We need him. We need him. You know, and the enemy wants to interrupt that. He'll want to interrupt that with trying to bring a shame to you. You're not worthy enough to go and talk to him. Do you know what you did yesterday? Then you need to remind Jesus. You need to remind the enemy of what Jesus did for you over 2000 years ago on the cross. Remind him. Oh, mm -mm -mm. by his stripes, I am healed. My mind, my body, my heart, my soul. Remind, remind yourself. But unless you have a relationship, you know, if you're around a mom for more than five minutes, in that conversation is going to come up, she's going to talk about her children. And she will talk about the accolades of those babies. 
You know, like this is the award that he got today. Do you know what he did yesterday? Why? Because in that relationship, there is something that is sealed with such love, such compassion. You know, a father, whenever he's playing sports with his son, and um, and I tell you, if you go, if you have the opportunity to go to a little league football game with boys, it's it's precious and hilarious because you'll see the fathers running up and down the lines with their sons because they're encouraging them and they're talking and saying, you can do it, you know, and they're just learning how to just run and hold the ball with coordination. But that relationship, that connection is there. Why? Because they've spent time with each other. They have invested. They know each other's hearts and, and frustrations and disappointments, you know, and that's what God desires with us because he knows that the enemy's plan will try to rob us of that intimacy of his peace, will try to rob us of the peace that we have to even look forward to what God has for us tomorrow. He'll try to rob from that from us. That's why he said in Isaiah, I am the Prince of Peace. God knows what we need before we ever even need it. And he declares it to us. So step three is accept God's plan for your life. You know, uh, Romans 8, 5 through 6, um, uh, and, and this is a, an intense scripture, but I want to go ahead and read it. Those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. No, that's a loaded scripture. This is what happens. When you and I go and we talk to God, just just set aside a time and talk to him. Set aside a time with no interruptions. He and his grace, he and his gentleness of the Holy Spirit, he will reveal to you and expose to you barriers of peace that you did not know that were there. And he will do it not with condemnation. He will do it with not, you know, you failure, you're no good. No, he will do it with his unconditional love. See, many times we can have conflict and agitation and our, and our attitude stinks and we're like, and we associate it with, I'm tired. Yeah, that, that can do that. We associate with my agenda, my plans, my whole day got messed up today. But there could be something else going on inside of, and those were just triggers of that. But whenever we go into the presence of the Lord, he will reveal to us, he will show us, this is the real reason why you don't have peace. I know you, I know you think it's the plans that, that got messed up. I know you think, you know, you were, you, you know, but the real reason is this right here. God reveals to us the barriers that whether we've put up walls or, or we're, whether we're taking part, um, in an action or have created a habit in our life that we don't realize is robbing us of our peace. That's why God says, listen, my plan is that you have peace. So when you come and talk to me, I'm going to show you anything in your life that is a barrier. And I'll break that barrier so that you can experience all of me. Man, that's a good God. You know, ask God to examine your heart. Ask God. I'm amazed that many times if we, if we uh, aren't having peace in a relational conflict, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with um, parenting, uh, in that moment, things can be tense. And don't you know, whenever you say things just right in that moment and you may have wish, oh, I shouldn't have responded that way. 
Oh, I wish I could have just taken that back. Am I the only one here? Come on, people, help me out. You know, and uh, but I tell you something is that um, uh, God's peace, it will just it will keep us and it will hold us even in our responses. When you know, because when you're dwelling in his peace, just with his presence, just talking to him and just uh, uh, allowing his word just to minister to you, it's like you're 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 um, um, you're allowing more of his nature more of his ways to grow inside of you. And the character of God, according to Galatians, it says uh, he is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So the more time that you spend cultivating your relationship, accepting his plan, accepting the only way for peace to come out of your life is for you to be in his presence. The more time that you spend cultivating that, when you're upon a situation where somebody just says something and just kind of cuts you, your response won't be the same back to them. Because you have been in his presence and you'll just have a response of, oh, okay, I understand. But you'll see the person that cuts you, not through the eyes of your flesh, but through the eyes of your spirit. You'll see that person, oh, oh, they must be having a bad day. Okay, they must be heavy with something. Okay, well, no problem. You won't see it through the eyes of, I cannot believe they just said that and did that. Oh, it's on him. Before you know it, there's just this is massive thing. Does that make sense? You know? And so at the end of the day, we have to be responsible. We have to be responsible for our attitude. I'm speaking of Dixie has to be responsible for her attitudes and her responses. But I know that I don't have to, if I don't have to wake up in the morning and say, okay, today I'm going to be kind. Today, you know, I'm going to have a good attitude. Today I'm going to, you know, uh, just smile. I know that if I accept God's plan to cultivate my relationship with God, I don't have to continue to say that it's going to be an outflow of my life. I don't have to say nothing. People will see it. Man, why is she so happy? Why she got peace, man? Do you know what's going on in her life? No, because I've accepted God's plan for my life, and that is Jesus. I'm cultivating my relationship with him to grow. Make any sense? Okay. Psalm 139, 23 through 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. See, you know whenever your relationship with God is real where you can say, okay, God, point out anything in my thinking, point out anything in my attitude, point out anything in my perspective of this situation, point out anything in my heart towards ill, towards that person. If that's what's robbing, what is robbing my peace? Point it out to me, Lord, point it out to me. And he will, because nothing should affect my peace because he paid a high price for our peace. He loves us. The enemy Satan strategy is to rob you of your peace and he will always attack the same source of your life. That is Jesus with lies about his plan. Lies. If Jesus really cared for you, you wouldn't be going through this struggle. Man, you would think the enemy would come up with a different strategy. I mean, that's kind of old, but he doesn't it does every time, every time. When something, when something heavy is coming, when something heavy is coming your way, when you're dealing with something, I'm telling you, you're going to have a thought, man, where is he? Why? You're going to have those thoughts. Okay. 
But I'd like for us to look at the struggles of Mary and Joseph for a moment in this story. Had what they had to overcome to simply find a place for Jesus to be born. Caesar had to declare, excuse me, Caesar had declared to everyone um, at this time uh, to register themselves and they had to go pay taxes and they had to go back to uh, the land where they're originally from. And so they had to travel from Nazareth to their hometown of Bethlehem, which is about 80 to 90 miles. And the terrain is very mountainous. So here Mary is pregnant. I don't, I don't know what stage, but it wasn't that far off considering that that's where she ended up giving birth. And they have to pick up and they have to go. My first response would have been, this is ridiculous. You know, you, you know, whenever you begin to lose your peace, an attitude will follow right behind it and you'll start criticizing the steps that you have to take and the path that you have to take. Do you, do you notice? Am I the only one? Okay. Help me, Lord. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting knowing the distance that they were going to have to go, knowing the obstacle that they were going to have for everybody was going to be coming. It was going to be, you know, everybody was coming. Uh, if they were from Bethlehem, they had to go to their individual regions. Um, and so here they were. Okay. I am pregnant. How am I going to do this? I'm going to bring my fiance. I'm going to bring her there. You know, how are they going to get there? Okay. But then scripture said, but not scripture, but um, paraphrasing. But um, Mary was far along in her pregnancy and then she went into labor. We know this, but what was another thing? There was no place in the hotel. That right there is a major argument. That right there is no peace. Somebody, I'm just saying, if my loved one was pregnant and there was no hotel, Everybody in that neighborhood is going to know about it. You know, I'm saying, like, if my cousin, if it was Elizabeth, everybody would know. And I, I'm just saying, I would be as mad as a hornet. Matter of fact, I might even walk up to somebody's house and say, "Listen, I'm going to give you. I don't know what what hundred dollars would be back there for you, you, you to go down because you know my loved one is here. Those tensions can rise. Okay, so there was no more place in the hotel, and. But did the thought come, is God with us? Is God with us? Lord, I, I know that you sent Gabriel. I know that you said I'm your favorite one, but I'm not seeing it in this moment. How many of you received a word from God? You know he loves you. You know he died on the cross for you. You know he values your life. But you'll go through some fears. You'll go through some struggles. You know, I'm not seeing you move in this moment. You know what I'm saying? We have to encourage ourselves. God is still with us. Just stay the course. Because oh, what comes if we stay the course. And so as you know, there was no fancy place. But she had the baby and wrapped him in a manger. Wrapped him in a manger. Laid him in a manger. That's a nasty thing. Animals eat. But sometimes the very things that God wants to do in us and use us, they'll never look like what we thought that they would be. But oh, they will be the most beautiful because they will be establishing our faith and creating greater peace. Man, man.
See, in our relationship with God, when he says, my peace I bring to you like no other, that's that relationship. That's that intimacy. That's that picture. It's like, look, I know the picture doesn't look good. Here comes the king of kings, the prince of peace, born in a stable, laid in a manger. But let me tell you something. He's going to be the one that's going to be the savior. It might not look like the picture, but it's my plan. And my plan is perfect. I'm working things out. See, Mary and them didn't know at that very moment, at that very time. Obviously, the wise men were coming and they were going to be bringing gifts. Okay? But even whenever they brought those gifts, think of the, another pressure that Herod was right hot on their tail wanting to kill them. That's a whole nother level of pressure. You know? But God was with them. He provided. He made the way. Why? You say, well, Dixie, of course, that was God. No. He did that for you and me. He did that for you and me. Every conflict, every struggle, every frustration, every time the, the answer begins to ring and, and resonate in your mind of why, how, those are big questions. Why and how? Remember, he sent his son so that I could have the peace, so that I could have the access, so that I could have the comfort that I'm going to need right now, right now. Mary was approached by Gabriel with a pretty, let's just face it, radical plan. Radical plan. But God's a supernatural God. Okay, and Mary was going to be the carrier of the Prince of Peace. So that by his life, you and I can be carriers of his peace. Anytime you go to be a carrier of peace on this earth, you can expect the opposition of the enemy to want to destroy you. Did you get that? You know, I'm encouraging myself. And so anytime the conflict and the struggle and the aggravation and just sometimes during this Christmas holiday season, it can, it can magnify that because we can look on what we don't have, what we don't have. And I'm sure it was, it was easy for Mary to do the same. One thing, whenever you're struggling with conflicts and, and with, with heartbreak and frustration, you're very vulnerable. So was Mary. You can't be more vulnerable giving birth than any other time in your life. But it's not just in you, you physically giving birth. This is also a message for all of mankind, male and female. Anytime God, in which he does, has a calling and a purpose and a plan for your life, he is going to birth something inside of you. And in order for for that thing to come about, you're going to need to be a carrier of peace. So the enemy is going to try to come against you with every accusation, with every crazy thing at work, with every conflict in your, with every heartbreaking situation. But stay the course. Stay the course. He will give you the strength to carry you. No. And Mary... In order for Mary, I believe, to continue, in order for her to, to, as well as Joseph, 
because that was just there whenever they had the baby. That wasn't with even all the, the, the social issues, the emotional issues, you know, uh, they weren't married at the time. And it's like, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to take place? You're going to do what? This isn't acceptable. This is a major no-no. You know, for her to be pregnant and we're not married, what, what's going on here? But he stayed the course. He was just much, he was as just much a carrier of peace as Mary was. Just had different roles. See, all of us, we have different roles. Whether you're a mom, whether you're a businessman, whether you're, whether you're a doctor, whether you're an engineer, all of you will, will be a carrier of peace. God will use you to be a carrier of peace if you're relate in your relationships with him. And I want to just tell you, it's going to strike hard during the holidays because you're around people more. You understand what I'm saying? No, but he, God will give you the grace and he'll give you the strength. But he'll also give you joy. He'll give you joy. Mary had an encounter with the presence of God. And for her to be that carrier of peace, she had to experience his presence. She had to experience his presence. Because when, when you're a carrier of peace, man, you can become heavy. You can become, oh my goodness, Lord, I know that this is the right thing to do, but I just don't feel like doing it. But boy, when she was in his presence, she didn't stop on her journey going to Bethlehem. She didn't stop when she had conflict. So I am not give, delivering this baby in a barn. She didn't stop there. Why? Because she had been in the presence and she knew what God had called her to do. She knew what her purpose was. So number two, three steps to peace. One is accept God's plan. Number two is reflect and speak on God's truth over your life. Reflect. You know, sometimes in just the hustle and the bustle, we just got to take a moment and say, okay, let me just process it. I am a processor. Is anybody else a processor in here? I am such a processor. Man. And so something we just have to reflect, say, okay, Lord, my plans did not go how I anticipated them. Things did not work out, but Lord, I know it's going to be okay. You know, sometimes we just need to, we just need to reflect. John 16, 33, it says, I have told you, this is Jesus speaking. I have told you, him being the word, the living word. All this is so that you may have peace in me here on earth. That's very important. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. First John 4, 4. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Whenever you're faced with a conflict, whenever you're faced with that struggle, whenever you're faced, how am I going to get through this? You need to remind yourself of the word of God and you need to speak it out of your mouth. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When your aunt uh, says something that's crazy or that's condemnation or you have another loved one that speaks something and you're just like, are you kidding me? We're going through this over and over again. You need to focus your mind on the truth of the word of God. Because if you begin to think on the word, if you begin to speak the word, then all of the strategies that are trying to um, abort you from being a carrier of the peace of God will not succeed. Because they'll recognize the authority and the power of God in your life. Okay? 
That was good, aboard. I didn't, that wasn't in my notes. I encouraged myself. Okay, that was a good one. All right, side note. Okay. Anyway, Isaiah 26, 3 through 4, it says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is eternal rock. Many times we can, we can, uh, block an argument or a conflict if we just stop and pause. Okay, let's reflect for a moment. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, who do you say I am? Lord, how am I to respond? Just take a pause. Because there's something about when, when you're, when you're hot, and I'm talking about with heat, like fiery mad, you can be still and your adrenaline, is that a word? Adrenaline? Adrenaline? You could climb a mountain. But if you just pause for a moment, calm that adrenaline down. You know, don't let how you feel determine your response. Okay? Okay, Lord, may the peace of God rest in me. Regardless if the person doesn't change their unhealthy patterns or behavior, regardless if the circumstances don't, but you will still be have peace. Okay? You will still have, you will still create an atmosphere with your words of welcoming the peace of God. Does that make any sense? Okay. Like listen to uh, verses 28 in, um, it says, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now let me tell you something. If you were to wake up every morning and say someone close to you that you, that, that, that knows you, Greetings, you favored man of God. How are you doing today? That's going to start your day off going much better. If we reflect our, if we process and reflect and think on our minds on how God sees us, but also on how God sees others, it will affect our speech and how we speak to them and how we speak about them. That can bring a lot of peace in our life. Okay. Your identity and your value is in who God says you are and not by others' words. Our experiences or lack thereof. Mary had to have known that. She had to have received that truth because here she was a very young girl, not married, and she was carrying a baby. She had experience to know, okay, I am valued. I am important. In order for her to endure the words, the criticism, the rejection that she was going to face. Same thing with you and I. You know, in your in your relationship or walk with God, if you've ever encountered uh, loved ones, maybe you uh, that whenever you received Christ and you began to have new patterns and um, you began to go to church, you might have received some criticism, some mockery. You're doing what? You're going to church. Bah, do you remember what you used to do? <laughs> You know, remember, okay, Lord, you've called me. You've created me. I am your own. Sometimes the most words are so powerful. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. And sometimes the words of the closest to us can cut so much to the bone and rob us of our peace like that. Because says, listen, listen, you're going you're gonna to encounter struggles. You're going to encounter some, some, some tribulation. My peace, I'm leaving with you. 
How do we receive that? Focus. Reflect and speak on God's truth and how he sees us and how he values us. Okay? Uh, verse 38 in um, the Mary and Joseph story. Mary responded, this is incredible, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. And may everything you have and said come true. And then the angel left. Man, the promises and the power in the word of God will establish you, causing you to overcome every struggle, every barrier, every conflict, and give birth to God's plan and purpose for your life. And you will face peace. You know, she had to receive that truth. She had to receive, no matter what others say about me, I am highly favored and I'm his. She had to experience his presence in order for, for both of them had experienced his presence. Uh, Joseph had to experience his presence. Mary had to experience the presence of God in order for them to accomplish and to make it through life's challenges and struggles in their life. And they did. And why? Because Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says this, For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. The Lord is my helper, so I will not be afraid. I will never fail you. We can personalize that. He will never fail us. He will never forsake us. He is our helper. His peace will keep your attitude positive and perspective and affect your very atmosphere. If we begin to take on attitudes, or if we begin to have words like, I can't do that, or that will never happen to me, then you need to reflect, okay, whose word are you reflecting and holding on more in your heart? Okay? You know, a personal story is uh, as a child, we did not have a lot of money growing up. And so uh, one thing I just valued and appreciate, mama had a good attitude. You know, there wasn't a, a I can't um, language or in, in our family. You know, it was, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I've heard that one. I heard it a thousand times. You're an ambassador of Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, it's like, I get it, mama. I'm loved, you know, <laughs> you know, but what was happening is she was cultivating. She was establishing the truth of the word of God over us. And so, um, when Christmas time came around uh, a little bit before Christmas, our toilet seat broke in our house. And there's a story to this, so just grow with me, guys. And um, and so mama didn't have any money for, literally, for Christmas presents. And so one of the Christmas presents was she went and bought the toilet seat, and then she wrapped it up as a gift. And so I don't remember who, I think it was my sister, but that was her Christmas gift was a toilet seat. You know, and so when we op- when when we opened it, we're and I remember this visit. We were just all kind of like, well, we needed it. And it came to the point because mom had cultivated a positive atmosphere just by words and life. We didn't, it didn't create, um, uh, uh, griping and complaining had no seed to grow, you know? And so when we got the toilet seat, we were like, yay, we finally get a new toilet seat because that one's broken. That's not going to work. You know, and we were kids. And so as adults, we look back and, and, and so when all the kids are, you know, in this generation, all they're opening up their gifts, you know, my brother, sister and I will look and we'll say, yeah, but it's not a toilet seat. <laughs> you know, and we don't say it with sarcasm. We don't say it with criticism, but we say it with gratitude. Hey, if you don't have a toilet seat, it's good to have one. 
even if you do get it as a Christmas gift, you know? But what happened is the best gift that you can ever give your children is an experience so that they can experience the love of God and create a consistent and a safe environment that their spirits can be cultivated in the truth of God. So that whenever they are, when the enemy is wanting to rob them of their peace with words, when the enemy is wanting to rob them of their peace with greed, when the enemy is wanting to rob them of their peace, they can say, listen, it's going to be okay. God is with me. And he supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. To where our character is not focused on what we get, but our character is focused on whose we are. Amen? Man, that's peace. That's peace. Okay? So one, accept God's plan for your life. Two, reflect and speak on God's truth. I encourage you, man, speak the truth of the word of God over your children. Speak it over them. Speak it over your business. Speak it over, over the, and if you were to think right now, who is the person that gets on your last nerve? Don't look at them if they're sitting next to you. Don't say their name. But I encourage you to speak blessings over them. Speak life over them. You know, if there's conflict in relationships, in the name of Jesus, there will be peace in this house. In the name of Jesus, there'll be peace with those coworkers. Speak it, cultivate it, okay? Number three, steps to peace, respond with God's love. Respond with God's love. 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you for nothing is impossible. You might have that relationship that's really tense. You might have that conflict, that struggle. You say, Dixie, I don't know. I don't, you don't know what's going on. No, I don't. But God says nothing is impossible. And if you and I, if you and I can respond with love by our words, by our actions, by our intentions, if you and I can respond with love, you say, what do, Think of what God did for us. He responded with love to our need. We were lost in sin. We were ugly. We looked bad. We were as mean as hornets. Okay? But he responded in love first by sending his one and only son. He made the first move. He made the first move. God can help us to be a carrier of peace by responding with love to all we encounter. Here's a couple of ways to do that. By not having to be right or having the last word. I'm I'm, going to take these home and read them over the holidays too. So this is for me too. Proverbs 15.1, it says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. See, just in that response right there, you calm in the waters, honey. You calm in the waters. Another way that we can be cares or speak peace by responding in love is uh, not griping and complaining about what you don't have this season, but focus on what you do have. You know, I don't, I don't have this loved one. I don't have this job. I don't have this position. 
I understand those are very, very real. They're very, very hard things. But Lord, what I do have is I have you here with me. I have my health. I have my children. Focus on what you do have. Okay? Another way of responding with God's love is not having my plans to be perfect or demanding high expectations, causing stress on others. Just relax and enjoy the time with family and friends. Did y'all get that one? I think this one was for myself, so I'm going to read it. I'll just read it personally to me. Dixie, even though your plans don't go perfect, don't demand high expectations that are going to cause stress on others. Just relax. Enjoy the time with family and friends. Because if we live in a high, a high state of stress and a high state of worry and a high state of anxiety, you know what that's going to happen? We're going to be snappy. <laughs> you know? Go and get those plates and put them on the table. Okay, I'll go and get those plates and put them on the table. You know? I need some Coke. Come on. What's the problem here? My ice is melting. You know, we'll be, sna- <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. We're going to be snappy, you know. So just take a moment, reflect, breathe, enjoy the season. Lord, help me to reflect on your goodness. Help me to see the things. Because if we don't have peace, we're going to miss out on the very love and the things that he wants to encourage us in. Okay, number two, another one is not talking critical about others behind their back or to their face. Just love them. Just just love them. You know, just think God sent his son, Jesus. He made the first move for you and I. We had our bad attitudes. We had rejected him. This is no, 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 no. They, they, they don't know it, but they're going to need me. They're going to need me because they can't make it here without me. They need my peace. They need my peace. Romans 12, 17 through 18 and in closing, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. For Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against flesh. Look to somebody next to you say, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay? We are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers of authority of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world. In other words, people are not your enemy. They're not. People aren't your enemy. Matter of fact, the very thing that you hold with inside of you, Jesus, is the very thing that they're starving for. You know? So be that carrier of peace. So the steps of peace may accept God's plan for your life. Oh, his relationship. Go to him. Talk with him. Pour out your heart. Reflect and speak on God's truth over you. Who does he say you are? You're not stupid. You're not forgotten. You're not a failure. No, he loves you. He adores you. He values you. And respond with God's love. Just slow down and relax, son. Enjoy what God has in store for you. Okay? Would you please stand with us tonight?
you know, I asked them if they could sing this song, It Is Well, because it's not the message that's going to make it well with your soul, but it's going to be his presence. Because Mary and Joseph were only able to go and do what God had called them in purpose to do that, which was only miraculous. And some of you in your relationships and your conflicts and your struggles, the only way that you're going to have peace throughout this season, but even past this season, you got to go in his presence. And sometimes there might be a relationship, there might be a situation, and it has literally created a barrier. It has literally created a stronghold in your mind that you can't even think of anything else besides that situation. And it's taken, it's robbed you of your peace. And the thing that God wants to focus your time and your energy, your number one thing is the relationship with him. So I just right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, just you singing softly to the Lord. It is well with my soul. And ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what is what is internal? What's inside here that is not well with my soul? What is it? Is it a thought that I'm thinking? Is it a pattern, a habit in my life that I've made? What is it that is not causing me to be well in my soul? Not to receive shalom, the fullness of life, the fullness of that you have for me? What is it that is causing me to be a barrier? A barrier in my life to not be that carrier of peace. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you come, that you remove it so that I can enjoy not only this season, but I can enjoy life, life with you. Just personalize it with you and the Lord. With my soul. Holy Spirit, speak to us and show us. It is well. What are barriers? What are strongholds of thoughts?
Spirit, I ask that you just continue, continue to pursue, continue to pursue after us, continue, continue, Father, just to reveal any areas that you desire for us to experience the fullness of your peace. Holy Spirit, I ask that those hearts that have been broken, those disappointments that have been, it seems like every time they just, disappointment after disappointment, Holy Spirit, I ask that your grace would rest that your grace would rest upon that tender heart, that your grace would rest on that person. Father God, that trust can be established, that you will never fail them, you will never forsake them, that you know exactly the state that they're in. You know exactly what they're going through. That's why you sent the Prince of Peace, so that we could receive it and walk in it and not be alone in the struggle. Holy Spirit, I ask that your grace, your grace would rest upon each person. If you're here and you say, Dixie, that first part of having a relationship with you, I don't, I don't know. I do not have a relationship with, I do not have a relationship. I don't know what it's like to have a relationship with God. If that's you, if that's you, just raise your hand. And that's the first place that we need to begin for you to have peace. Everyone else who's going to pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, I ask that you just search within us, speak to us, reveal to us areas. Whether it's area of pride, whether it's anger, whether it's bitterness or unforgiveness. Father God, I ask that you begin to stir within us and do a greater work so that we can receive desire for us, which you paid a high price by sending your precious son Jesus to be our Prince of Peace. Holy Spirit, may we reflect, may we receive all that you have for us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Guys, we care for you. We love you. We hope you have the best Christmas and New Year's ever. Come and join us for the candlelight service. You will be blessed. If you need any any prayer of any kind, we're going to be up here with you. And that you are dismissed.